You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store. Find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Happy Thursday, everybody. The Timberwolves lost on Wednesday night. This is the postgame podcast from Wolves, or I guess Wednesday afternoon, not night. It was another matinee game. So this is the postgame pod from Wolves Bucks. This was a Giannis-less game. It was a Carl Anthony Towns-less game, and it was yet another blowout uh, that the Timberwolves suffered at the hands of a, of a really good Eastern Conference team. So today's show, we'll talk all about the game, talk a little game flow, a lot more about takeaways than game flow because this thing was over fairly early, just like the Brooklyn game on Tuesday. And then I'll hit uh, individual studs and duds, as we always do on the post-game podcasts, and we'll look at the road ahead and what's upcoming for the Timberwolves. One more home game on this disappointing homestand before a really difficult road trip upcoming. So we're going to cover all that on the show today. As always, though, a quick reminder here off the top, you can follow Lockdown Wolves on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can follow actually anywhere you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter, at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T and at B-Beacon. It's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Typically live tweet the games from one or both accounts. Uh, However, the matinee games were a little more difficult to do that with. So Be sure you're following by the time we get to Friday night's game against the Miami Heat, and uh, we'll have uh, have some tweets going out during the game. Okay, Uh, game flow. So the Timberwolves were in this thing mostly early in the game. This was your typical afternoon start in terms of offensive, uh, I don't know, just terrible offense, I guess, for both teams. The Timberwolves started one of eight shooting. The Bucs started shooting two of nine at the six minute mark. So the midway point of the first quarter, this was a nine to five game. Milwaukee was up nine to five. The Timberwolves were stuck on five points until the 340 mark when Anthony Edwards hit a shot. They had five points in the first eight minutes and 20 seconds of this game. Not great. Once again, the offense was completely anemic and uh, it's it's kind of par for the course without Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk more about that in key takeaways and why that might be. I mean, there's some obvious reasons, but also, you know, why why have the last two games been so bad? I mean, they were competitive without him for a stretch, but, you know, what happened in, in these particular games, uh, when I guess in in specifically this this Milwaukee game, um, the Timberwolves did have a little bit of a flurry at the end of the first quarter. They they got a little bit frisky and, and were, were in the game, kind of. They were suddenly four of eight on threes at the end of the quarter. Josh Akogi hit a three in the closing seconds of the first quarter, and the Timberwolves pulled to within 24 to 19, down only five. The fact that they had, I mean, what? They scored uh, 14 points over the final three and a half minutes in this in the first quarter, which was just a complete offensive explosion after scoring five points in the first eight minutes and 20 seconds of the game. Uh the, the second quarter was competitive for most of it, actually. I mean, it, this thing was, didn't really get out of hand until late in the first half. The Timberwolves were in it. They were they were fighting. They were trying defensively. Their offense kind of came around. Anthony Edwards had some good minutes. And then all of a sudden, the Bucks went on an 8-0 run. It was an 11-2 run, closing the second quarter. 
and your halftime score after being down five after one, the Timberwolves were down 17 at halftime. It happened really quickly, as those things often do, especially against a team like the Bucks. even without Giannis on the court at Milwaukee, had that 17-point halftime lead, and it was it was over at that point. The, the offense was better in the second half. I mean, Minnesota still, I mean, they only scored 19 points in the first quarter, right? So they, they went at halftime with only 44 points, but they scored 35 in the third quarter. The offense itself started to look a little more comfortable. They ran a few, the Jordan McLaughlin minutes with him at the one and D'Angelo Russell playing off the ball were, were pretty good in this game. Um, but then all of a sudden the defense was just miserable. The effort was bad. Running back in transition again was an issue. Anthony Edwards got just straight beat off the dribble. It seemed like every other time down the court. Um, and then it was just kind of more of the same. The Timberwolves were down like, you know, it kind of flipped between 25 to 30 points that they were trailing by in the fourth quarter. There was a mini push that got them down to about about the 20-point mark. Early, kind of late third, early fourth quarter, the Wolves were got it to around 20 again. Um, but then it was just this rash of missed layups. It was Anthony Edwards missing a layup. Jalen Noel missed a couple of layups. Had another really bad game in his, just his second game back from his, the, the games he missed due to injury. And then after, you know, after good offense and bad defense, suddenly it was, it was good action, but missed layups, just missed missing shots at the, at the, uh, right at the rim, really disappointing game overall. Um, the Wolves did crack a hundred points after scoring only 97 on Tuesday. They got to 105, but, uh, the fourth quarter was basic. I mean, it was, it was just straight garbage time. And interestingly, the Wolves rotation, they had three guys that played under 10 minutes. Jared Culver only played four minutes. He didn't really get a shot at the end of the game. When this thing was out of reach, Jake Lehman played five minutes. Ed Davis played nine minutes in the second half. And uh, Jalen Noel only played 10 minutes as well. So Chris Finch still played Anthony Edwards 31 minutes, Nas Reed 31 minutes. And um, Jade McDaniels, like, it makes sense to give him minutes. He played 26 minutes. But the, the minutes distribution was a little bit, it seemed kind of wonky in this one, uh, given who, or I should say how quickly this thing kind of got out of hand. But at any rate, um, this was just another bad game for the Timberwolves. It was a poor effort. It was inconsistent, sloppy offense. They shot 37% from the field as a team. They were 37% outside the arc, 36.6% to be exact, but their two-point shooting percentage was absolutely miserable, and they didn't shoot the ball much better from the free throw line um, comparatively in, in terms of what you'd expect. They were 22 of 31. That's 71% from the free throw line. So um, not a lot to write home about in this one. However, I do have some key takeaways, and I want to talk a little bit about the offense, what the Wolves tried to do without Towns, and why I think, besides the fact that Carl Anthony Towns is really, really good, why this uh, these last couple of games were so ugly, Sands, Carl Anthony Towns, beyond the fact that Towns is their best player. First, though, let's talk about our great friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and best of all, the prices are once again, they're reliably low. 
They're the exact same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's talk key takeaways from Wolves Bucks. Number one, the Timberwolves without Carl Anthony Towns. No surprise, they're awful without him. We know this. It's always been true. Of course, it makes sense that a team missing their best player. And look at the Lakers without LeBron. I mean, that's obviously an extreme. Well, it's not extreme. It's it's always the case, right? A team's, if they have a player who's head and shoulders better than everyone else, then of course they're going to be worse without said player. However, look at what the Wolves have done this year. So they started the season 2-0. Towns went out. Somewhat unexpected. I, I think like, he got hurt on a Saturday night. The Timberwolves played that Sunday in LA against the Lakers. And it was like during that day, during the day on that day, they found out that Towns would be out for an extended period of time. And they got blown out, lost by like 35 points on the road. Two nights later in LA, still against the Clippers, they lose by 23. Then they lose by 21 to Washington. They lose by 15 to Denver. Um, And five out of the six games that they play with Towns out, they get just absolutely obliterated. This is when they had three deficits of 30 plus and every single one of those games, they trailed by 20 or more and five of the six before Towns came back were double digit losses. And in fact, all of those were at least 15 points. Um, They only had one loss that was less than 15 points in those six games. This is a team that started 2-0 and beat the Jazz on the road and they were just demoralized also, everything that they had planned to do coming into the season ran through Carl Anthony Towns, and now he's not on the floor. Towns comes back, plays two out of three games, and then he goes down with COVID-19, and they play without him for a little while longer. They get blown out a couple more times. They lose by 11 to Memphis, lose by 11 to Atlanta, a close loss to the Magic. Then they get beat badly again by Atlanta, and it takes you know another few days for them to kind of find their footing without Carl Anthony Towns. And then they do, you know, and and Towns came back around that time, but they had this stretch kind of end of January, early February, where they were playing closer games. Towns gets back on the court without D'Angelo Russell, and they're consistently playing close games. And then of course, Ryan Saunders gets fired towards the end of that streak where I don't think they'd gotten, they went like three weeks without losing by double digits. And Towns was on the floor for most of that. But the team got used to playing without him. They started doing some other stuff offensively, especially, and that helped stabilize them a little bit. Now, Towns has been back for quite some time. This team has largely been competitive under Chris Finch. You know, there's been a couple of blips on the radar that were pretty brutal. But even recently, I mean, go back to the All-Star break, right? The the Timberwolves, right after the All-Star break, they beat the Pelicans. They beat the Blazers. They beat the Suns. They're three and three after the break. They have a couple of bad games. They beat Houston. And now they've been kind of alternating one win, two losses, one win, two losses. But most recently, they beat the Kings by 10. They lose the Pacers by four. Pacers are a good team. They were shorthanded, but they lost by four. Take the Celtics to overtime on the road and lose. Beat the Bulls. And now all of a sudden, you pull Carl Anthony Towns out of the lineup. And it's just like this massive, like black hole where there's, you know, 
this gaping hole where he's gone and everything just kind of gets sucked into, you know, what, what's going to fill that void? The answer is nothing. Everything in this offense, it's like a, it's like a star that just implodes, right? And everything gets sucked into the black hole because there's nothing else happening offensively for the Timberwolves. It's all revolving around and, and going through Carl Anthony Towns. And suddenly you take him out when you weren't expecting it necessarily. Um, and and to be clear, understand why he's missing the game is personal reasons, your anniversary of his mother's death. Obviously, that's to be clear. I'm not I'm not, you know, blaming anything on towns at all. But from a basketball perspective, you pull him out of the lineup and you face two good teams, especially to to compound that with the Nets and the Bucks. And you lose by 30 against the Nets and you lose by 25 to the Bucks because what are you doing offensively? Nas Reed can only replicate. I think the goal was, I've talked about this on the show before. Um, Nasrid's supposed to replicate, I don't know, 60 to 70% of what Towns does in terms of sheer numbers, right? And, and skill set, because he can shoot the three, not as well. He can score in the post, not as well. He can, um, you know, pass a little bit, not as well. But he, in theory, the skill set is at least built similarly to Carl Anthony Towns. Without, without Towns, though, they can't run the exact same sets. They just can't. They don't, and they aren't. They're not running the same number of horn sets, for instance, where they start in in a, in a horn set and they set cross screens and they've got guys diving to the post and they're, you know, they would use Towns to handle the ball and have dribble handoff action. They're not doing all that with Nas Reed because defenses don't respect Nas Reed like they respect Carl Anthony Towns. They just don't. And it's for the same reason that they can't, the Timberwolves can't run the same stuff with to the same level of success with Ricky Rubio at point guard as they would with D'Angelo Russell on handling the ball because teams have to respect Russell from everywhere on the floor and they don't necessarily do that with Rubio. So, and it's, a, it's, it's in some ways a similar drop off Russell to Rubio in terms of offensive skill set and Towns to Nas Reed. There's similarities there. Um, and also in how teams kind of relax when they're like, oh, okay, it's Rubio or it's Nas instead of D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, who command attention 100% of the time on the offensive end of the floor. And and then as soon as that breaks down, like, what do you have? Um, there's nothing, I mean, Jared Vanderbilt's not an offensive threat. He's a, he's a pretty good passer, but he's not a threat offensively. Wancho's not going to do anything besides shoot threes. So your other bigs are not, scaring anybody. Jaden McDaniels is extremely dynamic and a great shooter, a very good shooter, but he doesn't often put the ball on the floor, put pressure on the defense, draw fouls. He doesn't use his pump fake very often. He's pretty one dimensional in that he's shooting threes and he's occasionally dribbling himself into a mid range jumper. He did hit a nice kind of mid range floater type thing in this game, but he doesn't really get to the rim. Anthony Edwards only wants to shoot threes or occasionally we'll get ahead of Steven, go to the rim, but he's not going to pass out of it. We talked about that, I don't know, a week and a half ago on the show, that his pass out rate is extremely low. And we'll we'll keep monitor that again here soon. But his if he drives, he's going to try and score. If he doesn't, he's going to shoot a flat-footed three. And that's the book on Anthony Edwards. And you can't run the same stuff with cutters flying all over the place. There, there's just, it's not the same without Carl Anthony Towns. So related to that, my second key takeaway is how Finch has been using D'Angelo Russell recently. And usually that's, oftentimes it's been off the ball. It's been Ricky Rubio or Jordan McLaughlin handling and initiating the offense and Russell running off of screens and getting catch and shoot opportunities, pump faking and driving into a mid-range jumper where he's a little more comfortable. And it's mostly working. 
uh, Russell's shot has been off for the last six quarters. He was really good in the first half on Tuesday. And since then he's been bad. He missed like his last nine shots, I think in Tuesday's game and his first three in this game and ended up shooting four of 14 in this one against the bucks. But the idea is you're getting Russell in catch and shoot situations, getting him more uh, opportunities to catch and shoot, which is, I, I'm going to keep bringing this up. What I had said pre-draft was if the Wolves took LaMelo ball, they could then play Russell off the ball more often. And um, this was, of course, before we knew that they were going to trade for Ricky Rubio. And you have ball handling and Russell playing off the ball. And you still run most things through towns, but your fast break is going to be dynamic. Your backcourt is going to be unstoppable. Uh, both dynamic passers in Russell and LaMelo ball. LaMelo, arguably a generational passer, could turn into a generational passer. And Ball's actually scored the ball and shot threes better at the NBA level than I think most people expected, and really yours truly included. But that's what Finch is trying to do. He's trying to use Russell in that off-ball role. He's trying to use Russell. When we see Russell and Towns play together, there's going to be some similarities to how Jokic and Murray are are used together in Denver. Um, and Finch is trying to still do that over these last two games without Towns on the floor. And, and I don't think he has any delusions about it working to the same effectiveness, level of effectiveness as it would with Towns on the floor. But it, it's really been been rough. It's been rough sliding for D'Lo and for the Timberwolves offense as a whole over the past two games. Um, again, as a team, they shot 37% from the floor in this one. And even though their three-point percentage was better, uh, the two-point percentage was beyond miserable. You go back to Tuesday afternoon's game against Brooklyn, the Timberwolves shot 34.5% from the floor. 34.5% from the floor. 37% in this one. It's just unbelievable to shoot 37% or worse in two straight games. And against the Nets, there were 16.5% on threes. That was much better in this game, 36.6%, but it didn't really matter because they were so bad on twos. And also at the free throw line, without Towns, who's a fantastic free throw shooter and is shooting a career best from the line, they were 72.7% from the line against the Nets, 71% from the line against the Bucks. So leaving a handful of points there at the free throw line as well. So um, all the way around, the offense is the bigger issue. I get that they gave up 130. I get they gave up 127 the night before. But without your defensive anchor at Towns, who's been pretty decent defensively this year, and against two really good offensive teams, I get that Giannis didn't play. I get that Kyrie didn't play. They're still good offensive teams, well-coached. I mean, you're going to give up points. And with as fast as the Wolves play, and they were trying to almost, it seemed like, play faster at times than usual because they didn't have Towns. And so the half-court offense was such a mess and so discombobulated. No doubt they said, let's let's get it and go, get it out of the net and go as fast as we can. They left more possessions for the opponent to score. And when your defense is mediocre and you're missing Towns anyway, of course, you're going to give up a higher shooting percentage. And Brooklyn shot over 50% on Tuesday. The Bucks were 47% and almost 48%, almost 50%. There were 19 of 40 outside the arc, the Bucks were. Um, and, and the Nets were 42% from three the other day as well. So, uh, I mean, that to me, the defense didn't concern me as much the last couple of days, except for the poor defensive rebounding and the high number of blow-bys on the perimeter as much as the offense concerned me because there's just, there was no rhyme or reason to what they were doing offensively um, beyond trying to get D'Lo off ball opportunities, which, which we just talked about, but uh, the, the offense so brutal, so painful to watch. And you know, if Towns comes back on Friday and hopefully does against the heat, that switch can flip so quickly. I mean, they dropped 137 on the Pacers a week ago without even, you know, without even blinking twice. I mean, that was an easy, 
137. Now they gave up 141, but that was Carl Anthony Towns, Daniel Russell, Anthony Edwards. Those guys, if they're firing on all cylinders, um, you know, this team can score with anybody, but without Towns, the whole thing collapses like a house of cards is, is basically what happened in this one. So um, I want to close the show by talking to individual studs and duds peeking ahead at the schedule. So we're going to do that here next. First though, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, MLB, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of all things college basketball, four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, individual studs and duds, fairly easy in this one. Uh, there were not very many Timberwolves players who had plus games. I think it's fair to say that. Um, number one for me, the Timberwolves' best player on the floor start to finish was Josh Kogi. Great to see Josh kind of have this weird, like, you know, past the two-third mark of the season resurgence in games where the Wolves got blown out, but he was good on Tuesday against Brooklyn. He only played 18 minutes, but he had seven points and four steals, two of two from the field, hit a three-pointer. Against the Bucks. he had 13 points in 24 minutes, hit three threes, three of four on threes, four of six shooting, made a couple of free throws, Had didn't have any steals, but he had two blocks in 24 minutes as well. All things considered, this is one of Josh's best games of the season, and, and unfortunately, it was one that the Wolves were were blown out of, but you know, 13 points on six shots. That's a, that's a great Josh Kogi game. And he was pretty good defensively as well. Um, you know, doing his best to, to check Chris Middleton and, and others, but, uh, uh, good game from Josh hundred percent. Also in the stud category in this one is Jaden McDaniels, 13 points, four rebounds, five of 10 shooting three of five on threes. So he was two of five inside the arc, three of five outside the arc. Didn't draw any, any fouls. I mentioned he had the one kind of, I think it was like an elbow jumper, like a pseudo floater type thing. And and really McDaniels has to do more of that. I'm not saying more mid-range jumpers. I'm just saying more of putting the ball on the floor, trying to create for others. He had zero assists and two turnovers in this game and also creating for himself beyond just catching and shooting threes. And he's been a good three point shooter all season. So obviously we want to keep seeing that. Um, but the next step for him and what he needs to do to become like a legit scoring threat at the NBA level and potentially even, a star is to put the ball on the floor and do a little more with his dribble. He uh, coming into this game was 36.1% on, on three pointers for the season. And that obviously is going to go up after going three for five in this one. Um, but he just needs to kind of keep adding things to his offensive game. It's already so dynamic. He, he just has to do more. And, and, and there's no reason not to with no Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. Third for me in terms of studs in this one's Wancho Hernan Gomez, 18 points off the bench on only six shots, three of four on threes, five of six at the line, 18 points on five of six overall shooting in just 22 minutes. He did only have two rebounds, but he pitched in an assist, a steal and a block, no turnovers, no fouls committed in 22 minutes. 
and uh, was just kind of the Wancho that the the Timberwolves, you know, wanted to sign, right? Or that they did that they did sign in a restricted free agency. If Wancho can catch and shoot threes and, and go three or four every night, well, I guess he'd be a seventy five percent three point shooter then, and of course he'd be phenomenal and and quite the bargain. But if he could, you know, hit a couple three open threes when he gets the opportunity, that's why the Timberwolves signed him. And that's how he could still get a chance at earning a starting spot back when Towns comes back, whether that's later this year or even next year. Um, because that's that's the Wancho the Wolves thought they were getting, is the guy who knocks down the open threes, has some, provides some energy, and you know can pump fake and get to the basket, can cut a little bit. Those, those kind of ancillary offensive skills that we haven't seen Hernan Gomez display much this year at all. But uh, he was good in this game. Um, duds for me in this one. Ricky Rubio, again, a tough game. No points in 19 minutes, 0-5 shooting. Missed both his three-point attempts. He did have four rebounds, but he had two turnovers to to uh, to two assists. Tied for a team worst, plus-minus, with a minus 23. And uh, just not a good game for Ricky. Second straight game where he just hasn't. And he was great uh, in the Bulls win. He had 17 points, hit a, hit a bunch of big threes on Sunday in that victory. But the last two times out, he's been pretty pretty brutal actually. Um, so he's a dud in this one for me. Number two dud. Uh, this one's tough, but, but we'll go with Jalen Noel 10. He only played 10 minutes, but he was 0 four shooting, missed a, a layup badly. Uh, a pretty, a pretty open layup, two rebounds O of one shooting on threes. Didn't really do anything else, but just a bad game for Jalen Noel. And, and he's obviously working himself back into, to, I mean, I guess he only missed less than two weeks, but still getting back into, into the rhythm of being on the floor and I, I would have expected him to play more in the second half in this one when, when things got out of hand. But um, disappointing game from Jalen Noel. In no man's land, not landing on either list are the two minutes leaders for the Wolves. That's Anthony Edwards and Nas Reed. Ant had 24 points. So let's let's talk about Ant for a minute here. 24 points, three steals, three assists. Great, right? Uh, 21 shots, you know, not super efficient to get your 24 points, but he's five of 11 on threes. Got to the line five times had a nice little run in the middle of the game where he was just kind of knocking out all threes down that he attempted. But um, the defense was bad. And check this out. Zero rebounds in 31 minutes on an NBA basketball court for a really athletic, big two guard in Anthony Edwards. Zero rebounds. That, again, is a hard thing to do. And and, and I know I, I keep bringing up defensive rebounding rebounded in general, but specifically defensive rebounding for the Timberwolves. I brought it up the other night. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, they're the primary culprits based on the positions they play and the expectations for them grabbing rebounds. But Anthony Edwards, man, this is is like, I mean, how many box scores did Wiggins have with zero rebounds? He was usually like a one or a two rebound guy. I mean, not that Ant has frequently had zero, but how do you, how do you play 31 minutes and have zero rebounds and and jack up 21 shots. I mean, clearly Anthony Edwards had had one thing on his mind in this game, and that was filling the shot void with no Carl Anthony Towns. And boy, did he ever. 21 shot attempts in 31 minutes, zero rebounds and bad defense. Um, I like Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be a good player. He's absolutely got superstar potential. And I really hope he becomes the Wolves' second best player next year, next to Carl Anthony Towns. I, I hope that that happens. But these last two games have been disappointing, to say the least. 24 points on 21 shots, zero rebounds. 
And uh, just a reminder what he did on, on Tuesday, he had 27 points on 22 shot attempts, but he was two of 11 outside the arc. Um, he did have eight rebounds in Tuesday's game. So the fluctuation of eight rebounds to zero is, is inexplicable and uh, effort, right? I mean, that's what we have to point to his effort in this one. Um, also in between, and really, I actually probably could have given him a dud. D'Angelo Russell had 15.6 assists, but he also had five turnovers and shot four of 14, one of five outside the arc, just wasn't very good. And uh, just his game is is not effective when he doesn't have a star big to play pick and roll with. Um, and he he had that in Brooklyn um, with with Jared Allen. For, I mean, I think Jared Allen's a, a board, I mean, I guess he's not a star. He's a, but he's really good in the pick and roll. He had Jared Allen in, in Brooklyn. Of course, he had Ed Davis. He also had you know Damari Carroll, other guys who could pick and pop and pick and roll. Um, and I mean, it just it without that dynamic big, and we saw this with D'Angelo Russell in Golden State last year, and in Minnesota when Towns has been hurt. What D'Lo does just isn't quite as effective offensively, and, and he he as much as anybody missed Carl Anthony Towns in terms of the way that a lack of cat impacts his individual game and production. Um, that's really all there is to say about this one. It was disappointing and offense was bad. Defense wasn't much better. And the wolves just got blown out twice in a row by two good teams on their home floor. That happens. And looking ahead at, at the upcoming schedule, they have Miami at home on Friday night would anticipate towns playing, but we don't know for sure. And then they're in LA on Sunday. They have Saturday off. They're in LA to take on the Clippers on Sunday night. That's a 9 p.m. tip central, and it's on NBA TV. Uh, Monday off, and then a back-to-back in Sacramento. Tuesday, Wednesday next week, Sacramento Kings back-to-back games. Miami and the Clippers are going to be tough even with Towns, but hopefully the Wolves, they better be able to win one of two in Sacramento, if not both games. Remember, they just beat Sacramento 10 days ago. Uh, So there's that. And then they have a home-and-home against Utah, so things get tough again right away. And we're down to like the last, I mean, what, uh, certainly the last month of the season. And we're looking at roughly, you know, we're under 20 games to play. I think there's like 16 or 17 games left. So hopefully Towns can get back on the floor here soon. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll even see some Malik Beasley once we get into May. We'll see. But um, Friday night against Miami is is what to look forward to next. We'll have a show on Friday, of course, um, previewing that game and talking about a couple of other topics, probably peeking back in on Anthony Edwards' efficiency numbers and, and what he's been up to lately. And, um, you know, trying to trying to kind of pick apart what, what this thing could look like next year if Edwards f- fixes a couple of things in his, in his individual offensive game and what the Wolves might be able to do uh, to improve their offense moving forward. Because again, we always knew the defense was going to be mediocre, and was going to rely heavily on Towns to be decent defensively, but it, it was pretty good up until recently. I mean, not not it was still probably bottom ten in the league in terms of defensive rating. I think for a while they were hovering in the twenty to twenty five range, but it's really bottomed out of late. The offense to me is the bigger concern because it was supposed to be a fantastic offense, and yes, there's been a lot of of in and out of the lineup for their best offensive players, whether that's Towns, Russell, or Beasley, because that's been true all season long. Um, but this offense with two of those three should still be able to function at a high level and they're not. So, um, you know, digging into that a little bit more as well, that'll be Friday's show. And then after Friday night's game, we'll have a weekend pod too, a bonus podcast for a post game after Wolves heat on Friday. So be sure if you're not already, be sure to follow 
Locked on Wolves, wherever you listen to podcasts, that includes, of course, Apple, as well as Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Locked on T-Wolves is the show account, as well as at B-Beacon is my account. That's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, that's all we have for you today here on Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the show. Of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is all your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store. Find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. All right, we'll be back on Friday morning with a brand new episode. Be sure that you are following the show. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.